get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. The St. Louis lawsuit filed by the city and the county and the CVC against the National Football League continues. And they've been in the courtroom via Zoom a lot over the course of the last week. And Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic has been kind enough to join us. He's written a lot about this lawsuit over the years and uh, obviously has a great piece up at The Athletic right now. Daniel, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. How are you doing this morning? Um, I'm well. How are you? Everything's good here in St. Louis, except too cold. <laughs> well, that's a winter in St. Louis. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, even though it's cold here, it feels like things are heating up as it pertains to this lawsuit. You had a great piece up at The Athletic, as Randy mentioned. And in it, you are quoted, you spoke to someone named Mark Gannis. He's a sports consultant who has ties to the NFL owners. And he says that what St. Louis is asking for in terms of damages, which could be over a billion dollars, is laughable and preposterous. Obviously, if you speak to people on the St. Louis side, they think that they have a great case and that what the NFL did was fraudulent and that this should be a no-brainer of a lawsuit. But what's a neutral view of this? If if someone is maybe in the middle and doesn't have an emotional tie one way or the other, what do they think about St. Louis's chances of winning this case? Well, look, it's, it's I don't think there's any doubt that there was uh, there were issues with the way the NFL conveyed its intentions and the Rams conveyed its intentions leading up to the relocation uh, of the team. The question is because the the, the lease had expired, and because the relocation guidelines are a policy for a private organization, the NFL, does the city of St. Louis, the St. Louis plaintiffs, actually have standing to bring bring a claim uh, under under that under that policy? Um, I think it's it, it, it's a I don't want to call it a shaky case on that on that grounds, but I mean I think Gannis does have a, a legitimate position here that. Uh, the city of St. Louis, this has been the question all along, does it have standing? And I wonder, Daniel, if that standing, at least from the St. Louis perspective, that might come from the fact that Roger Goodell consistently told St. Louis fans to keep buying tickets, that the league continued to tell St. Louis, hey, keep building that stadium and and encouraged St. Louis to uh, spend money to build a stadium with the knowledge that Kroenke wasn't going to be here. Right, and there would be, da- and you, you can make a case for damages there. Um, you can make a case for the damages of what was spent by the task force. You can make a cl- claim for the the ticket purchases. It's when you get into the value of the Rams and Kroenke's real estate holdings and the value of every team in the NFL. I think that's what Gannis is referring to in terms of preposterous. I I, I, I do believe there's a case here. I just don't think it's a billions of dollars case. And, Daniel, what about the depositions? As you wrote, it seems like things got testy between both parties. The people on the St. Louis side are accusing the NFL of delaying these depositions. Eric Grubman has been difficult to schedule, for lack of a better term. It seems like emotions are pretty high with both parties here. It got very, it got very testy. Now, I mean, obviously, discovery disputes and scheduling of depositions are, are this is not unique to this case. Uh, you, in a lot of controversial cases you you see this but it got very very testy one, one particular anecdote that jumped out to me i didn't put this in the story but uh th- there was a dispute over whether the nfl had had dragged its feet in producing Cronky and dean spanos so the la chargers owner 
And in the response back from the NFL was that uh, at least one of them had contracted COVID and he threw out the line. I guess we, we, we purposely infected them to delay the deposition. So that is, uh, that was pretty acidic. Daniel, uh, Chris Bauman talked about how he's worried about the potential jurors' confidentiality. Why do you think the St. Louis side is concerned about the confidentiality of the jurors? Well, um, they, I, I think there is the, the, I mean, I think both sides would be concerned that there's in any high-profile case that there could be, if jurors' names are disclosed, there could be public pressure brought on them. Um, I mean, whatever uh, whatever case you have, you don't want the jurors' confidentiality uh, broken. And th- because of the high-profile nature of this case in St. Louis, uh, you, you wanted to keep the juror a secret. I think it's it's that simple. I thought, by the way, one of the other interesting comments uh, from Mark Gannis was that St. Louis has benefited from home cooking. Well, Krongi and the NFL wanted this to go to arbitration and took it to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court decided not to hear it. Uh, I, I don't sense that the U.S. Supreme Court is necessarily home cooking for St. Louis. <laughs> I, 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 get the sense that, yeah, I, I get the sense that maybe uh, judges are listening to the law. Right. Well, in, in that particular case, the the I mean, the judge in the St. Louis case has made it clear this this case is not about the lease. It's not about the '95 relocation agreement, and obviously the arbitration provision is from the from the lease. So uh, it's it was hard to see the NFL's position position on that, wanting to throw it into arbitration. I think Gannis's point was more when he heard the figure billions of dollars in that. That the the city of St. Louis wants a wants a piece of the franchise value of every NFL team. I I think that that was what he was reacting to. Daniel, I think most people who observe the NFL realize that they can do basically whatever they want, that there hasn't been many ramifications for for them throughout processes like these about the relocation. It doesn't really matter what guidelines they have in place. They kind of just do what they want. They're able to move the puzzle pieces in the manner in which they choose. But what happens if St. Louis wins this lawsuit? What are going what's the ripple effect that happens within the NFL if St. Louis, in fact, wins? Wow. Well, if it, if it in fact wins, I mean, then yes, then the NFL has to rethink when it wants to relo- relocate a team, whether it can just wait for the lease to expire, lie to the city and uh, allegedly lie to the city in the process and just up and move the team. I think it would dramatically change how the NFL looks at stadium negotiations and how it communicates with municipalities and these sorts of situations. But I, I do believe we are, we're a long way from that. And uh, I still believe the NFL will want to settle this case before it hits an open, open courtroom. I would agree with that 100%. Although, uh, from what I understand, there hasn't been a lot of uh, overtures from the NFL to settle. What sense do you get from the St. Louis side about their desire to do that? Well, I mean, look, the, the St. Louis side has a judge, you know, that – has been ruling in their favor, and um, you know he he threatened to sanction the NFL for not producing. You mentioned Eric Rubin, uh for for deposition, and so I don't think there's any desire to to settle right now. I think where they'd want to settle is if they got a favorable jury decision, and then on appeal at that at that level settle. If you're St. Louis, but um, I, I don't see any desire to settle right now.
Daniel, whenever we here locally are obviously very invested in this and we read a lot about it on a local level, but whatever I read about this on a national level, it seems like most people outside of St. Louis are surprised this lawsuit has even gotten to this point. Is that fair? Uh, that's fair. Uh, you, I mean, we had the one in Oakland. Uh, uh, Oakland lost its team to Vegas, and there was a the city there filed a lawsuit, and that that got tossed out by a federal federal judge. Now, obviously, the the, the details are not precisely the same, but you still have the macro view of a team relocating and the municipality suing, and that that case d- died pretty quickly. So, I, th- I think there was the view. There's the view that. It's the big bad NFL. They can do what they want, and at the end of the day, it's their teams. It's their teams to move as they want. And I would think that there's an advantage here in St. Louis, and that Bob Blitz was part of the group of lawyers that brought the Rams from L.A. to St. Louis. He was part of the group that was trying to get the new stadium built. So you have a really good attorney that's so intimately knowledgeable about every little intricacy of the move to St. Louis and the move from St. Louis. I would think that that's something that probably other cities don't have, is that Blitz was on the the panel to try to help build a stadium here. I think that's a very excellent point uh, that Blitz's role, because you, you certainly did not have that have that in Oakland, and you also didn't have in Oakland a really fully formed stadium proposal like you uh, like you did in St. Louis. Uh, I mean, the St. Louis stadium proposal was a legitimate stadium proposal that they, they that they completely ignored. Daniel, when we talked about St. Louis potentially winning this case, we talked about from a business standpoint or a financial standpoint how this might impact the NFL. But I, I think about it from an optic standpoint, from an ego standpoint. These are owners and uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell that is not used to losing in any way. So not only do they not want to deal with the business side of this, but I would imagine that this is a group of people that does not want to admit that they were wrong. Well, they also don't like sitting for depositions. They also, I mean, they're probably as surprised as uh, as people out, as anyone that this case is still still going on. I'm sure they were advised by their lawyers that it didn't have St. Louis didn't have standing. So, um, yes, uh, they their their ego is hit. Their time is hit. Their wallet could get hit. So, yeah, this is this is. This is a situation they did not expect to find themselves in when they voted to relocate the Rams four years ago. And uh, finally, Daniel, and, and it was 2016 that that vote took place. So it's been it's been five, five years, years since five the years, vote sorry. took place. Yeah. But I'm sure that the NFL never dreamed that they would be looking at a lawsuit that's going to start more than six years after that vote took place. This is, uh, and by the way, Stan Kroenke agreed on the morning of that relocation to pay all the legal fees for all the other owners. So he's looking at this and wanting to get it over with too. It's remarkable that it's gone on as long as it has. Well, we know the wheels of justice turn grind slowly, right, right. Um, and we we also we had the whole stay period of the lawsuit while, while it was while the NFL appealed on the arbitration question. So there was a lot of time lost there. I mean, I'm I'm following a case. The NFL is suing its insurers to cover the concussion settlement. That case is a decade old at this point. So there, the NFL is confronting um, many several cases that are that are half a decade or more old. So it, I don't want to say it's it's usual, but it's not unusual for the NFL to have these long winding cases. So at the end of the day, our recommendation is kids in high school and in college, think about law school. 
Yeah, that would have been a good piece of advice for me, I guess. <laughs> hey, Daniel, it's always great to hear your voice. Love the work that you're doing at The Athletic, and uh, you've been on this for such a long time. We appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll talk again. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Daniel. Take care. Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.